You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 70. This week's topic, how three words can drive your development this year. Yes, only three words. Okay, maybe four. I'll explain. Produced by Innovate Learning. Maximizing human potential. Greetings from Ladera Ranch, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly show for leaders who want to improve themselves to better engage and develop others. This week's topic is how three words can drive your development this year. Well, Happy New Year out there to everyone. I am so glad to be back with you for another year and had a wonderful holiday season. As you know, the show was on holiday last week. Got to spend lots of time with my family and Bonnie and I just had a blast with Luke and our first Christmas together as a family and with kids. Oh, so exciting. Just a wonderful, wonderful time. And I am thrilled to be back at the beginning of another year to be helpful to all of us on becoming more effective and how we can develop ourselves. And uh, those of you who are longtime listeners to the show know that uh, we spent an entire month last year in January 2012 looking at personal leadership and self-development. So we're not going to spend as much time this year on the topic. However, I did want to take this episode to really look at some ways that we can set the stage for driving our development this year. So uh, in this episode, I'm going to be looking at why New Year's resolutions don't tend to work, what we can do that's going to work better, and how that can boil down to three simple words or maybe four words, as you'll see later on. And one thing to know is I know many of uh, you in the listening community listen to episodes sometimes a week or two later, sometimes a few months later, whenever you're picking this up, whether it is in January, whether it is in June, whether it's October, this topic will be valuable to you regardless. Because one of the things that we all tend to get hung up on is the first week of the year, the first week or two of the year in setting goals and resolutions. And uh, I'm going to talk about today why that can be a hang-up for a lot of us. So don't let it stop you. If you're listening to this in the middle of July, all of the things that I'm going to be mentioning today are things that uh, any of us can do to take action on right away, to start with immediately. And in fact, it may even be better in some cases to do it later in the year. And we'll talk about that. Now, uh, you know, as I was thinking about setting goals for this year and the beginning of the year, and it just tends to be a time of renewal for a lot of us, I was reflecting back on some of the things that I've done in the past and some of the goals I'd had in the past. And I was thinking uh, just today about a big goal that I had years ago. It was way back in 2000, uh, 2006 that I had decided I was going to run a marathon that year. And I chose this marathon that, (laughs) you know, if I had known at the time what I was getting myself into, I probably would have made a different choice. But I had heard about this marathon that ran, uh, it's called the Big Sur Marathon. And it starts in Big Sur, California, and goes up to Monterey, if I'm remembering right. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the California coastline, there is an amazing, amazing drive on Highway 1 from Southern California 
up to the Bay Area, San Francisco area, and you can drive along the coast of California. It's kind of rugged cliffs and it's twists and turns. And it is probably the most beautiful drive in the entire world. It is incredible. And in particular, the piece between Big Sur and Monterey is just amazing. And the famous uh, the famous 17-mile drive is up there. And there's just so many wonderful, beautiful things you can see in the scenery and the cliffs and the ocean. It's incredible. And I had heard that there was a marathon that starts in Big Sur, ends in Monterey. It's 26.2 miles, just like every marathon. But you get to run along Highway 1, and they close Highway 1 once a year. And you start in Big Sur, and you run basically up the coast along this beautiful coastline, 26 miles. And I was like, that, if I'm going to ever do a marathon, that is the marathon I'm going to do. Now, I didn't know at the time that there's a huge vertical climb and elevation, and it turns out it's actually one of the hardest marathons in North America. I had no idea until I ran the race because uh, I didn't do my research and my homework, but that's a story for another day. But the thing with the marathon is when uh, those of you have, have made that decision to jump in and do a marathon, it is it is time-consuming. It really takes a lot of dedication to prepare your body to get ready to run a marathon. And so I pulled down the training plan. I was, uh, you know, I was excited about getting started, and I looked at like how much running I was going to need to do because you know you start off pretty, uh, pretty simple as far as you know running three or four or five miles, and then it gets up to running eight, nine miles, and you know the plan is to run several days a week. So you have you know several days where you run maybe shorter runs and do kind of like sprinting and things like that. But then on the weekends, the way I did it, the plan I followed was the weekends were the long runs. And so you know there'd be an eight mile run on a Sunday, and then the next Sunday it would be ten miles, and then it would be thirteen miles, and then it'd be fifteen miles. And let me tell you, training for a marathon is physically hard for sure because it pushes your body in so many ways that you're just not supposed to get pushed in normal everyday you know life and in our physical capacity and but that's not what's really hard i think about training for a marathon what's really hard is the time dedication that it takes because you know running 18 miles is physically hard if you're not prepared for it. But if you've been running and you're someone who's a runner and physically trained, you can get good at doing that. And there's a process you can follow to do it. But the hard thing is, is it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort to train for a marathon. I mean, you're 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 blocking out easily, you know, eight, nine, it seemed like hours a week that I was running, just running, that time that I would normally be spending family time, uh, personal things, resting, sleeping, eating. And it is a huge, huge undertaking. And I'm pleased to tell you that I, I completed the marathon successfully, although there were several times that I thought, gosh, I, I'm not sure I can continue with the dedication of the training, but I did it and I was successful. But boy, what a great lesson for me though. And just the physical dedication and the time that's required to really achieve something great. And I mention that up front because I think that that's one of the places that a lot of us tend to fall short on on our New Year's resolutions is we all have really, really good intentions. 
but we fall short when it comes towards putting the actions there. So let's examine that because the new year is a time of renewal. So even if you are picking this up another time of the year, you know, when we hit that January time frame, it's just a time that a lot of us are thinking about renewal, change, what can we do differently? And this dates back, there's evidence that New Year's resolutions date back all the way to the ancient Babylonians. So this has been going on for a long time. But the problem with resolutions is that they're generally not very successful for most of us. And there was a study done by Richard Wiseman in the UK back in 2007 that followed 3,000 people who had set New Year's resolutions, and they followed those folks for an entire year. And at the end of the year, they determined through the study that approximately 12% of the folks who had started the process had finished the resolutions or had had uh, success in reaching the resolutions that they planned. So that means the failure rate was 88%. That is a huge failure rate. That's an even bigger failure rate than people who start small businesses, which is a huge failure rate. So 88% on average of people who set New Year's resolutions don't complete them or at least don't complete them fully. And so intention is easy. But actions are hard. It's easy to say, I'm going to run a marathon someday. But when we get down to actually doing the training and gosh, you have to really book that three or four hours on the weekend to run 16 miles, not to mention the physical capacity to do that. It is hard. It is hard to take the time to do that. And of course, we hit obstacles that we don't anticipate. When I was training for the marathon, I hit obstacles I didn't anticipate. I started having nerve issues with my back. And I, I know now that a lot of it wasn't necessarily the result of the training, but I ran into these obstacles, these issues, and we ended up moving our house that month that I was doing the marathon and moving homes. And so it was really kind of like a crazy time. And I didn't know those obstacles were going to be there when I started. And a lot of us, when we're setting New Year's resolutions, we plan for a perfect world. We don't think about all the obstacles that are going to be in our way. And as a result, we tend to bite off more than we can chew. And that's one of the biggest challenges with New Year's resolutions is a lot of us tend to put an entire list together. Uh, we put a whole set of actions behind them. There's a whole bunch of things that we're going to do. And I'll tell you, I've made this mistake before too. In fact, I've made it uh, and talked about it on this show. Uh, back on episode number 23 last year, I talked about in detail my action plan for 2012, all of the actions I was going to take. And it was helpful in giving me direction for the year. But let me tell you, I overplanned. I did too much. And, you know, we had so much going on last year. We had a new baby. Uh, Bonnie was in the hospital a bunch uh, for a couple of different things. We ended up moving again. Uh, it was a crazy year. And some of the, actually, several, a number of the goals I didn't meet. So I think I'd set something like, uh, you know, reading 20 books last year. That just was not going to be practical. I ended up reading something like seven books. And I think back now, I'm like, wow, that was incredible that I read seven books in a year when we had so much going on and so much change happening in our lives. And so the problem, though, is that we set ourselves up for failure a lot of times because we bite off lots more than we can chew. And a lot of us as leaders do this professionally as well. We have massive plans for ourselves, for the people around us, for the new year. And we have so many things that we're working that it is really hard to focus on any 
one of them. And so here are my suggestions for what works better. And actually what I am doing now is not going to the extreme of planning tons of things for the new year, but at the same time, still really capturing this time of renewal and this time of excitement to get started in the new year. And so my first suggestion for all of us is to spend some time reflecting on the past year. So that starts, of course, with us, us asking ourselves, what did I do well last year? What did I feel like I really accomplished and did well? And then also, where did I fall short? And that's a great place to start with examining where our goals should be for this year and how we want to focus our energy and our time and our resources. And then to start asking the people around us of what they think that we could do that would be more effective. And I've actually done a a bunch of this in the last couple of weeks. I've spent probably the most time having those conversations with Bonnie of, you know, what are uh, some things I've done well? What are some things I could do potentially differently? And also professionally too, uh, just this week, talking with people in the workplace of, you know, what's effective? What am I doing? What could I be doing differently? And so the other thing, of course, that we can do as leaders is look at the data that's around us. So sometimes people will come back to us with some great feedback. And, and particularly a lot of times people in our personal life, our spouses will, uh, and, and our friends and family, you know, if we ask them what's something I can do to improve, they'll, they'll be happy to tell us. You know, in some cases they've got a list going of what are some things we could do a little differently. Um, in the workplace, in the professional world, in the volunteer world, and leading communities of people, People aren't always as forthcoming with that information, even if we take the time to ask. So one thing is, is to ask consistently and to genuinely want that feedback, but then also to search out data in other places too. So one thing I'd suggest is to look at assessments that you've had in the past. Look at 360s. Look at your past performance reviews. Where did you excel? Where did you fall short? What are the patterns that you see. And I'd suggest examining those patterns you're seeing, uh, you know, with your team or even a group of people that you lead and kind of take a look at where things are going. And one of the things that um, those who are have been leading for a period of time uh, know this is that if for when we have a leadership role and we've been blessed with an opportunity to lead a team of people or lead a community or lead a project is as a leader, when there's something that we really do well, that that often gets magnified in our team. Our team will do that well too. But here's the other end of that. When there's something we don't do well, that also gets magnified in our team too. We see that show up in our team. So one place to look for the patterns of things that aren't working from leadership is to look at what are the patterns you see in the team of people you're working with. And particularly if you're leading a team of people, what are the patterns that you see in that team. And then of course, to look in the mirror and think, what is it as a leader that I might be doing to contribute to those patterns? Now, once we've done some of that self-reflection, we can then transition to what are some general themes that are emerging and what do we want to do differently? So, you know, one example from my situation just in this past year is really trying to look at some of the themes of how I'm interacting and communicating 
in the business world and in particular with um, you know some of the things I'm doing and and projects like this show. And one thing that I have looked at and looked at is patterns as far as how I'm engaging with people, how I'm connecting with people in my personal life, how I'm connecting with people in this show community, how I'm doing on social media. One of the themes that I've seen is that I don't take enough initiative to reach out and make connections with people. And in particular, one of the things that I have really fallen short on is doing that in some of the social media spaces. Um, And I tend to not be someone that jumps in and likes to participate a lot on social media. I tend to be more of a passive observer, which is fine, right up until the point where I'm running a podcast (laughs) and doing a weekly show, because uh, there's no opportunity to communicate with a group, a community uh, of listeners like you that... I can engage with that I don't get to see every day. And so one of the things that I've identified this year is to really to make a conscious effort to engage and interact with others and particular listening community of this show on the social media spaces that we've created for this program. And so in engaging more on Facebook, starting to engage on Google+. And so being able to connect in a way that's really genuine. And so the word that I've really, uh, that's boiled down to for me is when I think about all those things, all the opportunities to interact, engage, things that I've missed in the past year, the thing that pops up for me is just showing up, showing up. So that's the thing that really connects with me as far as something that I want to focus on. So what I would challenge all of us to do in the Coaching for Leaders community is to find one of those words or or actually to go as far as setting three words that you can do, that you can set, that will set the theme for the year. And I saw, uh, you know, there's lots of articles online this time of year about New Year's resolutions and goal setting. And, you know, a lot of them are kind of rehashing a lot of the things we've heard about New Year's resolutions over the years. Um, But I saw something really unique this year uh, from a gentleman named Chris Brogan, who's pretty active on social media and, uh, you know, kind of an internet guru. And he uh, did a great article on how he set a goal every year, not not, not resolutions, but setting three words each year that he focuses on. And uses those three words to focus around his goals, how he interacts with people, setting his priorities. And I read that article, and I'm going to put a link to it here in the show notes. Uh, And I thought, that's great. So one of my words is show up. And that's going to be one of my three things for this year. The other two, by the way, are flexibility and collaboration. So what I would challenge all of us to do in the listening community is to find the three words that really are the areas we want to focus on in this year. And if we can do that, that that sets the stage for the actions, the goals we take, and starting the process of then doing some goal setting. And then set one goal that will start getting you there. Um, Instead of setting those 10 or 15 or 20 goals at the beginning of the year, it is so hard to focus on all of those at once. So set the three words and then have the one goal that's going to get us started to get there. And so one of my goals that I've set, you know, right at the beginning of the year here, and one of the big ones I focused on is just to start engaging, to communicate to podcasts I listen to, to engage with the hosts of those shows, 
to get online, to make comments, to post more to our Facebook site, to engage with people online when they make comments on our Facebook site, to get on Google+, to do the things that are going to connect with that showing up goal, but also to do that in other places in my life as well. So start with one goal that will lead you there rather than creating that list of 10 or 15 resolutions, many of which you likely won't be doing two or three months from now. Now, it's not enough, of course, just to set those three words. Then we all need to communicate it. So what I would suggest is have it in front of you all the time. What I've done with my three words is, you know, I have put show up, flexibility, and collaboration on the top of the whiteboard in my office. It's the first thing that people see when they walk in. Uh, I've talked about it with Bonnie a whole bunch already. In fact, we've, we've sort of joked with each other a few times. Uh, one time I was doing something uh, earlier this week where I wasn't being flexible and she was like, flexibility. <laughs> and so, and, and it was great because it reminded me of, wow, you know, that's something that I need to, to get better at. And here's a great reminder in the moment of doing that. It's something I've told her I want to get better at. And so the key here is to have it in front of you, but share it with others. So you can do this in your personal life. You can do this in the, with the team that you're leading. You can do this with your colleagues, with your peers. Uh, tell people about the three words that you're focusing on because that will help them to be able to give you feedback and coaching and also praise when you're getting there and you're taking action. So the more that we can share the goals that we're focusing on or the words rather we're focusing on with others, the more it's going to help to support our goals that we ultimately want to achieve. And here's the thing, and particularly for those of us uh, in our community who are leaders, and that's many people in this community, is this is simple. Three words is simple. And I joked about the four words because mine's actually four words show up, two words. But you know, three or four words, whatever it is, is very simple for me to remember it's simple for me to communicate to others, and it's simple for others to remember that that's what I'm working on. And the power of it for me is in its simplicity. That's what I struggled with all last year with my last goal-setting system is that I had too much complexity in it, and there were too many things I couldn't remember. And this year, I'm focusing on simplicity. So I would challenge all of us to be simple with these three words. And I would love to hear from you and your three words. And I'd also love to hear what works in your self-development planning at the beginning of the year, because there's so many great ideas out there and great ways to approach the new year. It's a great time to be thinking about how we can all better ourselves personally first. And then, of course, that leads to our professional leadership, our professional accomplishments, and our journey forward. So I'd love to hear about it. And if you have a moment, go online to coachingforleaders.com forward slash 70, the number 70, and that will take you to the show notes for this episode. Scroll down to the bottom. Uh, add in your comment. If you uh, do nothing else, just throw up those three words that you've decided you're going to focus on. And I'd love to hear about them because I'd love to be able to support you as well and engage and find out what you're focusing on. You can also leave me a message on our feedback line. That number is 949-38-LEARN. And email is great too. That's feedback at coachingforleaders.com. So before I wrap up this week, I did want to say a big thank you to the folks who have hopped on to our Facebook page in the last two weeks 
to like the Facebook page. And as you've uh, obviously gained from this episode, hopefully, I mean, you're going to be seeing a lot more up there for me, tools, resources, helpful information. So I want to thank Patrick Donegan, uh, De, De La Cruz, Sela Cosentino, Jennifer Stoviak Walsh, and Marianne Powell Hagedis. I hope I'm saying your last name right, Marianne. Thank you so much for all of you for engaging on our Facebook page. If you would like to engage as well, just go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash Facebook. That will get you there. And I did some reading over the holidays and actually read a couple of books on Google+. It wasn't what I was planning to read at all, but uh, I saw some posts about it and started learning a little more about it. And uh, as I learned more and more about Google+, boy, I just think that there is such a wonderful potential for the Google+, network and the community on there. I tried it a while back. I was a little confused by it, but I'm really a lot more uh, fascinated by it now, now that I know more about the network and I've done some reading on it. And we have a number of community members that are on Google+. So I wanted to let you know that I am now going to actively utilize Google+, as well, to connect with this community. If you are a Google+, user and would like to connect with me, go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash plus, and that will take you right there. And if you do follow me there or on Facebook, uh, drop me a line. Let me know you're a listener. I'd love to hear from you. I love engaging with members of our community so that I can learn about how I can uh, provide resources, tools, guests on this show that will help you to be a more effective leader. And, uh, and hearing from you is a great way to make that happen. So I look forward to connecting with you and so many wonderful things coming up in the next few weeks. Hey, if you would like a midweek booster shot, I send out an email article every week via email. I didn't send it last week because I was on holiday, but uh, this coming week, of course, uh, the articles resume. If you'd like to get that every week, just go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash subscribe, and that will take you right there. And the link for the show notes is on our website at coachingforleaders.com forward slash 70. You can find all the information for this show up there. Hey, I am excited to hear about your three words. Hop on the page. Let me know what you decide. And in the meantime, have a fantastic start to the year or a great July if you're listening to this in July. And, uh, and shoot me an email if you are because I'd love to hear from you. Have a great week and see you next week for a new year. Take care, everybody.